Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. How technology has shaped protests in Iran. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Saturday marks one year since the death of Massa Amini, the young woman arrested by the Islamic Republic of Iran's morality police for allegedly violating its strict dress code for women. Protests that started at Amini's funeral quickly spread across the country. Iranians have depended on messaging apps and social media to share information and try to keep safe, but staying connected hasn't been easy, according to Sharayen Norouzi and Reza Ghazi Nouri. They're with the U.S.-based nonprofit United for Iran, which develops online resources for the people there. The main way that uh, use of technology among activists, and I'd say also the general population has changed, is the number of circumvention tools uh, everyone now have to have on their phone because in response to the massive protests last year, the regime pretty much reduced the quality of the internet. And we now see that their vision of isolating Iran's internet from the world has been uh, materialized to a higher degree. It's a challenge for people to connect to the internet. And sometimes they have to test tens of different apps to find one that works. Also, I guess something um, get more important during last year, and that is cybersecurity information. Because now this is the main tool, one of the most important tools that uh, people inside in the country like Iran are using to fight against regime. So now the information around, around cybersecurity, how they can find, as Reza said uh, and mentioned, more update apps and more updates, for example, VPN, this gets so much important these days. What's an example of a tool that your organization, United for Iran, has developed that has helped people participating in the uprising in Iran? One was Gershot. It was an app 
that helped Iranian women uh, deter morality police. It's a crowdsourced app, so other citizens have to report location of morality police. When you want to go from point A to point B, you would see which um, morality police stops you should expect because they change locations frequently. And then it was released uh, seven, eight years ago. At that point, whenever you talked about a mandatory hijab to uh, people, like a lot of the feedback you would get from men mostly, unfortunately, was that they would refrain from engaging with the topic that was on the top of mind for majority of women in Iran. But I think it was among a lot of other things and a lot of other work from wonderful activists. It was one of the things that uh, showed the world and also turned uh, mandatory hijab into a national dialogue in Iran. And you could see like how it became the core issue last year when Masa Amini was murdered in uh, detention. And Shahaya, over the last year, how have people on the ground in Iran been able to communicate with each other? Are they able to use apps like WhatsApp or Instagram, for example? As I know uh, from the touch that I have with the people inside Iran, they are trying to use all these apps. Yes, the regime uh, blocked the apps, put filter over them, but also people inside Iran try to find different ways to access to find access to these apps they are using Instagram they are using Twitter for example one thing about Gershot is not just the application also Gershot have a very very strong Twitter account so if they cannot the people cannot access to the to the app they they will uh, post and try to be connect through through the people that they are managing Gershot for finding some way to uh, sharing their information Speaking of specific apps that people on the ground in Iran are using, Signal is a popular one. It's the encrypted messaging app. We recently had the president of Signal, Meredith Whitaker, on the show. A lot of protesters, as we say, have been using it there. But one pain point that you have talked about is that people can't hide their phone number on the app. So we asked her about that, and here's what she told us. We should be launching usernames which will allow people to hide their phone number when they communicate with each other. You know, and we're going to take our time. We're going to do it well and do it right. This is a pretty big systems overhaul, so we we want to be careful given the stakes. Um, but we are looking at early 2024 at this point. And I am I'm optimistic because we're farther we're farther down the road and and things are things are looking uh, close to complete at this point. So, how helpful would an update like that be? Extremely helpful. I think this, specifically the fact that people can't uh, hide their phone numbers currently has been the main pain po- points for a lot of activists, for also like for a lot of people in the general population, because there is also a lot of risk associated with your lifestyle in countries in Iran. Because like, for example, a lot of Iranians drink alcohol and they, ha- they have connections. And then even if you're not an activist, who you love or what you drink can put you at risk. How hard has it been to keep up with changes that the regime in Iran has been making in real time over this past year when it comes to tech? I've heard it described as a game of whack-a-mole. Does that sound about right? So generally, continuing to keep a product up and running is 
extremely challenging for nonprofits because generally the grant model and the fundraising model that nonprofits function on is not designed for continuously updating products because you get a grant for a duration of time for a year or so you develop something but the regime constantly changes its tactics even if that wasn't the case there are numerous new vulnerabilities that found on the os level uh, that you have to update your product to keep it safe and useful for the users and that causes a situation in which your organization has zero resources to keep those projects updated. So in a lot of cases, it depends on the passion of, for example, software engineers in those organizations to work overtime and voluntarily update those products, which is not a sustainable uh, model, uh, particularly for software engineers who work in this world things are already tough because they could be making two, three times the money they are making in the corporate world. They made a conscious cho- choice to be in this world and continuously updating products that have no fi- funding available makes their lives even harder. And we have seen a lot of that in our organization too, of course. That was Reza Ghazinuri and Shagaya Noruzi with United for Iran. You can learn more about United for Iran's Gershad app and other tools it provides to people in Iran. They include the Safe Activism Project, which provides guidance on how to avoid arrest and what to do if protesters do end up in custody. That's on our website, marketplacetech.org. We've also posted a piece from earlier this year on how some big tech companies have responded to protests. Wired calls the response muted and looks at how workers inside those companies have asked their leadership to do more. Jesus Alvarado, Rosie Hughes, and Daniel Shin produce our show. Gary O'Keefe is our engineer. Daisy Palacios is the senior producer. Kelly Silvera is our executive producer. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.